1: Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Can I you, i mean, I literally— Three of them in the bed this morning. I, like, her arm was laying over me. Gray, like, Scott's body was— So so you weren't having sex with Scott this morning is what you're trying to tell me. I was not having sex with Stuber this morning. I mean, how did— <laughs> You woke up in a single bed in my house. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. Today, we're going to be totally switching gears because we're going to be talking. We have never— I have never— Emesha has never— Actually, talked with a sexologist. She is blown up. Her name is Shan Drum. She's written laid. She's written The Game of Desire. We're gonna talk about our books. If you look we come prepared at our, t- our tables, we have vibrators, we have books, we have cards, we have <laughs> no men, we have bone broth and rose. Shani, we are so excited to see you. We put out a little teaser on our Instagram and asked our audience to submit some questions and ooh, ooh. a little hot hot and bothered, hot hot and bothered. And we are so excited to talk about those questions and all things sex and relationship. And you are going to spice. I mean, I haven't seen my husband in a couple
0: of days, so I am I'm pretty excited to get some some inspiration here. I have done lots of podcasts. I have never done one before that brought vibrators to the interview. Yeah. I don't know what you're planning on doing with them, but I'm very excited for well, all of it. Well,
1: okay. So <laughs> we will talk about that. And so is my team when they're like, oh, someone ordered
0: vibrators in
1: the house. Okay. We're going to talk about that, but that's a little later. We're going to talk trends. We're going to talk. I read this whole thing in your book. Hold on. First of all, I need you to answer. What is a sexologist? Yes.
0: Let's start there. A sexologist is somebody who studies sex, sort of like how a nutritionist is somebody who studies food. So a sexologist studies sex as it relates to biology, psychology, sociology, criminology, uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So you can work in a variety of different platforms, but I am a sexologist who is public facing. So I refer to myself as Dr. Ruth Mitsuriyama. My goal has always been to be somebody who can teach the average person who has never thought, how can more sex, more joyful sex, more orgasms, more joy and intimacy, drastically improve every area of my life. That's the person that I want to get excited about this field.
1: I love that. I love you. And I don't even know you, Shan, but I want to know you. you were, you're pretty booked up. All right. You wrote a book called The Game of Desire, which I have here. And you talk about the common pitfalls Every woman faces in her pursuit for passion. And you have a five-phase strategy to help every lover achieve what she wants and and who she wants to be. Will you talk—I mean, I wish you guys could see her book. It's like a deck of cards. It's five surprising secrets to dating with dominance and getting what you want. How do we tell our listeners, whether they're single, whether they're married, in or out of relationships, what are the secrets—
0: Molly, you need to w- work for the home shopping channel because whatever's <laughs> in your hand, I want to buy it. Like the way that your shoulders are going up, the excitement, I can see it like coursing through your body. Uh, I live for that. So in essence, I found that a lot of women in particular had this maiden in a tower approach to intimacy, wherein that they would be locked away and they're waiting for the right, usually man to come around and pick them, show them how their body works show them what they want and tell them what feels good for them and what doesn't feel good for them. Like women were in the passenger seat of their own intimate fate, even though our intimate relationships make up for so much of what makes our lives fulfilling and happy. So The whole point of dating with dominance is not like you going up to a guy at a bar and like grabbing his shoulder and like, I'm going to buy you a drink. It's more, how do I have direction? How do I have goals and intention? And then how do I put action behind those? So instead of waiting for the right person to find you and waiting again for this partner to come and show you what great sex is, know what that is for yourself and seek that out. And dominance looks a little different for each person. So you decide how directive or how influential you want to be in your approach.
1: Like, how did you meet your husband? I mean, you are, was he like afraid of you because you are, I mean, you are a sexologist. You are Rihanna and Dr. Ruth together.
0: That is kind of scary for me. You know what though, girl, this is the thing, Molly, you know, you would never date the dude who was afraid of you. You would would never have a chance, right? So when people ask, oh my gosh, like you are a supermodel, you are stunning. It wasn't every dude intimidated by you. Yes. A lot of people were intimidated, but that person would never catch my interest. So my partner was intrigued by what I did for a living. So we actually met through a mutual friend, which is, the old school first way of meeting in 2014, I believe it switched to now meeting online is the number one way people meet that probably will never change again. But prior to that, the front runner was like for decades and decades meeting through a mutual friend or a a mutual friend, which is great because you have some level of accountability there. And plus you have a cosign. but I will admit that I remember meeting him that night and I was like, at the time, I was in a uh, relationship still, a long distance relationship I'm from Canada. I lived in L.A. And when I saw my now husband, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, he is the perfect revenge fuck because <laughs> uh, I just that was that I got that good old classic revenge fuck feeling. And I like stared at him the whole night. And fast forward, I followed him on Instagram afterwards. I found him online. But he doesn't even remember seeing me that night. So obviously I have to read my own book, take my own <laughs> tips because I was not really dropping the magic that day. Everybody <gasps> needs a revenge Fuck. Okay,
1: so we are
0: not in 2014. We are in
1: 2021 and people are dating and meeting people at a whole nother level, at a whole other pace. What advice do you give the women out there that are online dating that were coming out of a pandemic to get
0: what they want? You got to know what you want. And you'd be surprised how many people really don't, right? They'll just, they'll give you either answers that are too vague or too cynical. So too vague, like I just want somebody who I can enjoy my life with. Too cynical, I just want somebody who's not going to end up being a two-timing asshole. When you ask, you know, somebody, what do you want to do for a living? Their response can't even just be, I want to be in marketing. You'd be like, well, what do you want to do in marketing? Where do you want to work? What kind of salary do you want to have? What kind of office environment are you interested in? What position? Like there's so many layered questions that you have to get to in order for you to have directiveness. So the game of desire really is about that. Like, how do I give people the tools to have directiveness? There's something called tacit knowledge and tacit knowledge is intuitive knowledge. You know when you know something, but you don't know what the word for it is, mm-hmm. or you yes. don't know so necessarily kind yeah. of describe what, it. What is that what called to you describe your tacit. orgasm? Tacit, tacit knowledge. knowledge. Tacit
1: knowledge.
0: Yeah. So if I say, Oh, what makes you come? You'd be like, you know, it's when you know what the answer is, but you may not have the language to put behind it. And that makes it extremely difficult to explain to a partner what it is that you like in the bedroom because you don't even have the words to describe it. So what I think what I do for a living is help people take their tacit knowledge, which is the knowledge they intuitively have. And put directive language behind that, put intention behind it. So now it becomes this thing that's from something that you feel on the inside, something that you can actually really clearly explain to anybody who's got two minutes of their time. God, that's good. And it's so simple.
1: It's so simple. Do you think it's harder now for women and men out there since it is mostly online or over Zoom? Or... Yeah, I think that the superficiality of it, like the friends that I have that date online, it's like, chemistry is kind of out the window, right? Because you look at something. I don't know about that. I do. I think people judge by a picture. And a picture sometimes is like this physical, you know, you, you look and you're like, oh, his nose is a little weird or his smile's a little off or and in person, there might be a different energy that comes out in that physicalness that you don't get in a picture. And I think I that like it's that's usually the
0: reverse M. Really? You? They look a certain way in their picture. And then in real life, you're like, that wasn't the same. Yeah, listen, listen.
1: if they're really fucking hot. Yeah, of course. But I think that there are certain guys that you wouldn't look at in a picture and think they're hot. But in person, their energy or their confidence or their smile might be quirky or they might have a sense of humor. Like, I think a lot of women and men are missing the boat on someone because they're judging so harshly by a picture?
0: Everything has its pros and cons. And I think what you're illustrating is a really strong con. There are downfalls to meeting people online. The upside is the access is incredible. And even if you are meeting people in person, the question of are they attached to somebody else is not something that you have an answer to. And you can probably only get that by making your intentions very clear. Whereas online, if I'm on a dating app, seemingly everyone there has answered the question of I'm available and I'm interested in meeting new people. So that's a big pro. Like You can't really beat that and you can't find that in real life other than at speed dating. But of course, there, there are massive cons to it and that it factor. I would describe online dating as essentially trying to get all the ingredients together, but you don't know until you're with the person if you got the sauce. It's a difference between stir fry and ramen, right? Stir fry is like the noodles and vegetables and all the other ingredients. And it's the egg. And you got all that stuff and you go on the date and you realize there isn't that magic thing between us. And so we don't have that it factor. We might still have a decent time though, because I did do my due diligence to make sure that you weren't a complete psychopath. Mm -hmm. But to your point, you're not going to really know until you're in person. If there's that thing, there's that like, Liquid flow between the two of you, and that's where the magic happens. So, I mean, on the flip side, like you may never have met that person otherwise. Totally, I think that's what online offers. Totally, no, I agree with
1: that. It factor gotta have that fucking it. It's actually really reminds me this that our girlfriend had did her first. She was like, you know what, I'm gonna try out having my first date on Facetime. And he, she, I texted her. I was like, how did it go? And she was like, he was a total creep. He wanted to know what size my boobs were and how big my ass was. And then he asked me what proportion my nipples were to my breasts. I'm not joking. And I was like, how is that possible that he thought that was okay to ask you on an actual like date? And she finally said, she goes, I think you're looking for an Instagram model. Like, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Thanks so much for your time and hung up on
0: it. D- How t- bomb is that? She didn't have to waste an outfit. Totally. She didn't waste gas. <laughs> totally.
1: Totally. <laughs> she was like, check, done. So what <laughs> advice do you give women when you go from, okay, online to we're back in person? What makes that? Because eventually you're going to meet and eventually it's going to go somewhere or it's not. What are those first steps in trying to make that connection or not?
0: I mean, you have to know how to show up as your best self. And I say you have to know how to, because that takes skill. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stakes that come with dating. And so when people say the advice, just be yourself, what they're really trying to say is set yourself up for success. A lot of people, when they do like in-person dating, they let the other person pick where they're going to go. They end up in an environment that they're not comfortable in doing an activity that they don't enjoy, eating food that they don't like. And they wonder why they show up as a stiff, weird version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So set yourself up for success is like Tip I can give people when it comes to dating in person go to a spot where people know your name, where you can be that fun, fluid version of yourself. Like, I think the most important thing with dating in general is less about, do I like the other person and more, can I be in an environment where I like the version of myself that shows up? Honestly, I think when it comes to picking a long term partner, it's most important to like the version of yourself in the relationship than it is to like externally validate your partner. But I think if you can just apply that rule to yourself, you'll at least enjoy dating. I think that's the biggest hurdle is that I can't promise you that your next date's going to be your forever. I can't promise you they're going to be someone you want to have sex with that night. But what I can tell you is if you always center it around, am I putting myself in a position to enjoy myself? You're not going to come out of that date and be like, I can't do this again. I think that's what a lot of people are facing now is this sense of date or burnout of I can't keep doing this because I just ended up on a phone call with this complete creep who was asking me about nipple ratio. And the thought of going back on a dating app is exhausting to me. So if you were able to weed out those kind of people before because your system was good, you would never put yourself in that position where trying again felt arduous. If you can still keep the joy in dating, no matter how long it takes, I feel like it's going to be meaningful and artful for you.
1: Like I was the girl who I dated this younger guy and he would like camping and just living in the desert. And oh, and I would like try to drink heineken and i fucking hated heineken and i hated, and hated camping <laughs> and i hate i mean I'm, I'm okay as a camper i'm from kentucky but i don't want to live in a i don't want to live in we a, went on a hiking trip together tent. to vancouver island remember that yeah it just it, you know again it was trying to be happy and trying to be something that i wasn't and trying to please him and be like oh i'm the cool girl who likes to camp and yeah well, I want to pivot into, so we've covered dating, but I'm actually, we're both married. We are married with three kids. And Ella, I, I, I want to know. How did you do I, that three
0: times? Uh, I, I got it. So, it. so here's the. you forget? The, Is that what, what, you
1: what you do? And here's the big question I have, because I'm very curious what your thoughts are on this about sex during COVID, when you are around your husband all the time when you are around your children all the time, what do you think most people that you've been talking to, I'm happy to share my own personal experience, but what do you think has happened to people's sex life right now in the last year as partners? And what do you think people can do to spice things up? Spice it up. Because, I mean, we obviously have tools here. We but, have tools here. But what are some tips you have for couples that are, you know, have not left their homes and gone on a vacation or, or really spent, had intimate time together? Because you can't even go out for fucking dinner with your husband because you can't go anywhere. You can't. I mean, you can't, you're starting to. We left to go to work. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, oh. I have my husband asked me one more time. Where'd you go? Yeah. I, I, don't know. To- I went to the fucking grocery <laughs> store. House. Do you want to eat dinner tonight? I had to buy groceries. That's where I went. Again, didn't you go yesterday? We left yesterday and my husband called and he goes, Hey, what are you guys doing? I'm like, We well, just, we were home. We, ju- we just left. We were just home. Well, I don't know. Okay. I was just, so, so tell like? us, tell give, us, give us, spice give yes. Yeah, but it you up. already
0: tempted and teased me with, you have a personal story. So I want to hear about your personal sex life. If we can do that. Well, well
1: we, we just, I want some spicy tips and then
0: I'll maybe share mine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All All right, spicy. I think at the end of the day, accept the fact that this is a new normal and it takes time to adjust to it. So don't force yourself to have the spiciest, most normal sex life. If things have dropped off, like that's okay. Give yourself grace. Throughout this year, the question I've received the most on any interview or anything I've done, period, has been like, we have an incompatibility in sex drive. What do we do about that? So if you are experiencing an incompatibility in your sex drive in your relationship, note that it's completely normal. It also speaks to the fact that people cope with stress in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Some people have a heightened sex drive during times of stress because of arousal transfer or arousal confusion. And some people have a lower sense of sex drive during the times of stress because their body is in fight or flight and they have no space to like get into the mood with somebody. So just be intuitively aware of what feels right for you and talk about that with your partner. So I think what's happening for a lot of relationships is I'm really stressed out and that's what's bothering me. I'm not telling that to you, so you're interpreting it. My lack of sex drive as I don't find you attractive because you're in sweatpants, which might be the truth, but <laughs> <laughs> more than likely, it's yeah, just it's things have switched for me, and I'm trying to find a new normal for my body. And the toys that you have on the table are a great way to respark your sex life. Okay, well, see, listen, reinvigorating your own sex drive on your terms might be the pathway to better sex with your partner. I think also too, you need to have time apart, which you are doing beautifully. Esther Perel, who, if you guys have as a guest, she's amazing, but Dr. Esther Perel has this beautiful analogy that desire is like a fire and you can't smother a fire or else it will go out. It needs air to breathe. So similar in relationship, like lust needs space. It's in this space of the unknown that desire and lust exist. But if we're like this on top of each other all the time, then we're not giving that room. So even though it feels like hard to watch your partner go because you've become codependent on them for the past year. Go you're going to leave
1: in an hour and
0: you're going to have great sex this weekend.
1: Now, the reason why I brought the vibrators is because we were talking about having you on, and I did some research. And, like, back when I was looking at vibrators, they're, like, the new and improved. Like, you've got the gold standard. You've got These the fucking platinum big. standard. Now, I mean, it's called LeWand, the bullet. Like, it's fucking rose gold. I it's mean— chic. It's chic. It's chic. So no one was like, they're like, literally, my team was like, someone ordered vibrators like we don't know who. And also, young people also have such a hard time talking about sex. I grew up in a very Christian household. I'm from Kentucky. My mother threatened me that if I had sex, I was going to get pregnant. She's no longer with us. She did the best we could. But there was that sense, especially if you're Southern, you're not supposed to talk about sex. And I think that verbiage is changing, that conversation is changing with women like you. But going back to LaWand, I mean, you've got the compact version, you've got the point person, you've got the point rumbly motor contoured. I mean, honestly, you got, I mean, the Tory over here. I wish you got, I'm going to take some pictures so you guys can see. It's kind of a general—I mean, I don't know why. I, I haven't been to New York. There's this great place. And so we oh, used gosh. to go what called Babeland. 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 was fucking good. It was good. It was chic. It's still chic. So, I'm you online. know, I think—I'm curious, though, because I think, you know, there's always—you hear some couples are like, oh, my God, like, we oh. have sex all the time. And it's I just can't... so amazing. We have sex all the time. And then other people are like, I haven't had sex with my husband in like, six weeks. Other people are like, oh, I think I have to have sex with my husband. It's been two months. Like, what? What is normal? right? Yeah, I what think, is, it's normal. is there a normal or is it just what's normal for you?
0: The doctor recommended normal is two times a week. And then on the flip side, in order to have a marriage that's considered sexless, you have to have sex less than 11 times a year. So that's like roughly once a month, you know, would be ideal to maintain the intimacy. Two times a week would be ideal for your health. For your but that's health. again, that's just, what, what does that really mean to anybody? Like, you know, they say eat five vegetables a day. I don't know who does that. So that's a recommendation. Doesn't mean that you have to live by that. Just try to get a couple carrots in there, whatever you can, you'll probably be fine. And how do people,
1: and how do you suggest couples spice it up? Or is it vibrators? Is it-, is it- talking? Is it a room? Is it lit? Is it dark? I mean, I like it dark. Yeah, I don't I don't need bright lights in there. No. What are your suggestions? Give it to us. We're in our 40s. We need you.
0: This is the thing, though. I mean, the brain is is a pretty basic bitch. Like it's not doesn't need all that to get excited. So I think a lot of people, when they hear spice it up, they're like, got to purchase things, got to go on vacation. Like they're just like these extreme tips. But in truth, like if you always make your spaghetti with time and then now you add in cilantro, it's going to taste like a completely different experience. But so small tweaks that can make a difference. So spicing it up doesn't have to be a massive departure from your routine. It could be a different room. It could be on top of the laundry while it's going. It could be bringing I've in a new done I've done that. It could be adding in lube. Um, it could be changing the light bulb in your room. Like we have the Hugh Philip light strips. And putting on purple lighting some days and red lighting some days changes the vibe, having completely pitched black room. I also think too, if you're responding authentically to sex, which is easier said than done, because like you said, a lot of us are having sex, not because we want to, but because we feel we have an obligation to. And when we feel an obligation to do something, we're going through the motions. But if you can challenge yourself to be present and to be there and to respond to what's actually going on, it's never going to be the same sex twice. It's never going to be mundane. So if you find that it is getting mundane and getting very routine, probably check in with yourself, like how present am I in the bedroom? Because if you are present, you're going to have a creative spark. That's where innovation exists. So I think taking the pressure off of yourself for it to be another chore, because if sex is already a chore, try adding on the now go purchase a 40 inch dildo chore. That's going to make it so arduous for you. Just try and do one small different thing and that one small different thing can be let me not think about laundry and the zoom call i have tomorrow for this next 40 minutes i'm getting the kids out of the bed we are going to a fucking hotel well
1: i my kids yeah. are always in the bed with me i literally i'm like they follow me i'm like and, and listen i have been lax with covid i used to make fun of like attachment parenting i'm like i'm like i'm like total attack literally they get you I sleep with, so in all fairness, I mean, we left the city. We were, when we were living in New York City, we left the city, went upstate to our house and we quarantined with another family for the first month. And because of sleeping arrangements and a bunch of kids and my nanny and everything, we completely fucked up our sleeping arrangement with our kids. And since last March, my four year old will only sleep with me and then my six-year-old would only sleep with my husband. So it's like the most unhealthy sleeping arrangement. The only flip side is my husband snores. It's the worst sleep you've ever had in your <sighs> life. Snores. And I get violent. Like, I actually will wake up in the middle of the night and I get violent. I like, kick, kick him. I kick she him. Does. I'll physically try to roll him. So I actually don't mind sleeping in separate rooms, but it hasn't affected our sex life. Like, I, I swear to God, like, we may have more sex not sleeping in the same room than... Mm-hmm. Well, because that's what she was saying. She was saying literally... switch. It. Hold on. I'm just going to show her a picture. You guys can't see it, but there are four human beings and me in that bed. There are five. There's actually six with a dog, Ruby, who's a great doodle. I would suggest anybody getting if they wanted a fantastic dog in our bed. So we are leaving our home. We are leaving them.
0: Do you know what? So, M, why are you having more sex? Where is sex happening?
1: When the kids are out, my husband's let's go you know yeah, cuz exactly. the, the kids go, go, kids go to school the nanny takes them to the playground you know they're asleep and everybody's asleep and, and they're gone. we find a quiet bedroom you know and we have space luckily and so we have plenty of opportunity when it strikes so my kids go
0: back to school full time on monday Okay, play. well, Monday is the yeah, day. <laughs> That's the thing, there is will like, be no maybe one it's there. switching it up where sex is not a nighttime activity. Yeah, anymore. can I? Yeah, say I like mornings. daytime. I like, I like morning daytime. sex.
1: I know that sounds weird. I am a morning person. I like morning sex. It's weird. I I I, I love it. But I, what I will gonna... say is when I like feel tension with my husband, or like we've been like off, and you know he's been pissing me off, or I've been pissing him off, and. We'll have sex. It's amazing what that actually does for your relationship. You don't even realize it. Like, I realize it because I think women are just more in tune sometimes emotionally to those things. But I realize, like, how much better our relationship is when it's consistent. You know what I mean? When we take care of that side of our relationship. And you have that 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 intimacy. That intimate connection. connection. All right. So we have some fan questions that we want to get to. And
0: If you choose not to answer them, no problem. What is your favorite lube? KY. KY yours plus mine, because it comes in like a dual pack and one is like a tingling sensation and one is cooling. But if you combine them, you get like a whole different one. So it just like it's more for your buck. It's more play.
1: Oh, I just wrote that down. Okay.
0: What is something you know
1: about sex? What is something you know about sex that you wish you knew 10 years
0: ago? Oh, you know what? Actually, something that's been... Post-pregnancy though, I feel like my body has been more responsive, but the A spot. And so the A spot stands for the anterior fornix, which essentially is, it's almost like a rim around the cervix and it's like a deep penetration, but usually you need like a finger or a toy because it's like a slim area. But Stimulating that while doing clitoral play has been like mind blowing orgasms for me. So I only learned that really, you know, four years ago. And only after I had a baby did I really start to like actually tap into the A spot. So that's been pretty cool. What's your best sex tips while pregnant? Oh, man, you know what? It's comfort, really. If it doesn't feel good, stop. Like, if whatever it is. And I actually, agree. you know what? I learned so much about what good sex is by being pregnant because I realized how many times. I was not comfortable, but because I didn't have a precious life inside of me, I would be like, I'll just put up with this. But then now I was like, "No, that's too deep. No, I don't like this. I feel like I'm about to slip. And through doing that, I enjoyed sex more than I ever did. One, and two, I was more enthusiastic to do it because I never felt like I'm going to end up doing some dumb shit that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: this is a little bit of a, a, a weird one, but do you guys want us to really bleach our booty holes?
0: I have only heard my husband actually was just telling me about somebody that he dated who was like he's like I've incredibly hairless and had a bleached butthole. I think it was a nice novelty for him. So he brought it up that was a thing, but yeah, I don't no. have one. It's a never box, been like it's clean. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I don't even know what that would look like. It just looks like all one color. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what the allure is. That now everything is just like like a seal. No. Yeah, that's weird. When does your sex drive come back after having babies? Dependent for each person, but you have the crash of estrogen and progesterone when you stop being pregnant. And so it takes about anything. If you try to new birth control, you're probably three months until your body gets accustomed to that birth control minimum. So it's three months until your hormones level out. But if you are actively doing things like seed cycling to balance your hormones, you might find it comes back faster. Vaginal rejuvenation treatments. What are your thoughts? Ones like the wand that like makes it tighter and, and right? surgery. Like, there's or surgeries.
1: Yeah, there's surgeries you can have now to tighten it back up. And after, you know, a woman's had nine kids or even one or like <laughs> diastasis, like, you know,
0: talk about the that. tools that are out there. If they work for you to get you a better sex life, I feel the same way about plastic surgery, right? There's there, you don't have to suffer anymore if it's really bothering you. Totally. And if that's a solution that might work for you, then talk to a doctor about it and then read the reviews online. I haven't had it. It's probably not the best person to ask, but well, I would do about whatever it, it took to get yeah. back my pleasure.
1: People are talking about It's whether it's a C-section a scar. You've had kids naturally where the wall drops just over time naturally. But also once you've had kids, people are talking about doing, like you said, whether it be through tools or surgery.
0: Because there's non-surgical ones now too, right? Where you mm-hmm. can purchase the one and then use it at home and then you can go into like the office and get those. And so- they're a lot less invasive than they used to be.
1: Right, and the Kegel exercises, which, yeah. the, you know, your OB tells you about before,
0: during, Do, do you guys remember
1: that episode of um, Sex and the City where uh, Kim Cattrall goes, I'm doing it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now, s- now, too. Right, I'm I'm right now. I was just I'm thinking
1: the same right thing. Too. I'm going right <laughs> like to try it here. Make a little tighter. I, uh, what about this one? I have no libido anymore.
0: I know sex is so important for marriage. Tips? So, frustratingly low sex drive, which means sex drive that bothers you, so if you have a low sex drive, that doesn't bother you. That could be a form of asexuality. and That's completely fine and a happy way to live. But if you are frustrated, you might have hypoactive sexual desire disorder, and that is diagnosable and treatable by your doctor. Wait, say that to me again. Go so it's more. HSDD, which is hypoactive sexual desire disorder. So hypo-active. it's a sexual dysfunction, and there are medications out there for that.
1: Okay, best vibrators for him and her. Well, clearly, I could I name a few. You've got the wand, you've got the era. All right, tell. Okay, it. so
0: you want the him and her answer though? Yeah, that would be. You know, remember the old school wand? It's the big massager. It looks like a shoulder massager. Yeah, and it's got that. You know what I'm talking about? It's got the long body, with the big head. It's totally. probably about. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a classic. Go and Google it. But this has been. New York Times did uh, like a ranking of the best sex toys recently, and that one came up as like for all bodies, it's the best. It's great for men because you can put it on the gooch, like the area between the penis and the butthole, that smooth area. And it can give them like prostate stimulation. It's great for women, especially women who are capable of squirting. Like it's one of like the best tools to use for that. So it's, and it's great for your shoulders or your feet soles. That's voted like the best sex toy for bodies. And what's it called? It's called the magic wand. Magic wand. The magic okay. Wand. All
1: right.
0: All right. The wand makes a version of it too. The, the magic wand. wand.
1: Okay. We're writing this down. We're writing this down. KY, yours and me. What's it called? The magic wand. Okay. What causes fetishes?
0: I mean, what causes people to like spicy food? It doesn't always have to have yeah. a specific cause to it. Just an area of interest. You might've seen it before. I don't know. I don't know what caused my fetish. You don't have to question it too much unless it bothers you. That's huh. fair. But I think that, yeah, it's natural to be drawn to different subcategories of sex. How
1: did you pick to become a sexologist?
0: It picked me, Molly. It picked me when I was literally like a kid, which is, this sounds weird work with me. When I was really young, I was just always fascinated by the human body. I was fascinated by physical touch and affection but in an age appropriate way. But I just, I was the kind of kid who just thought I didn't need need to wear clothes. And when I was like, I feel like eight years old, my Barbies were banned from being naked because they would be at the grocery store, just naked. My mom's like, "They, they need clothes. But to me, there was like no shame in the body. I just thought it was very beautiful. Unfortunately, you know, that was like a confusing thing for my parents to have a kid who had that kind of aptitude. So there was a lot of, you know, repression that went on. And I went to a Catholic school similarly. And then they stopped talking to me about it. And so as a result of that, I shut down that part of who I was. So when I always think about finding my purpose in life, it wasn't like discovering it. It was going back to what I originally knew.
1: I love that. All right. You are beautiful. And this we. It's called Lipstick on a Rim for a reason. We talk beauty and we drank. Thank you. I this know. is our a rapid like, fire you guys, section. We, yeah, but hold on. We have three mascaras that you just pulled up. Give them to me. What are your- Oh my, God, God, this mascaras? is actually
0: my best beauty tip. I'm back yes! at moment. I, oh, I love it. get asked because I don't wear false lashes. Okay, the Smashbox eyelash primer is the one. Oh, it's If Smashbox. there is, like this, if you're not into falsies, you need this no matter what mascara. Because I've switched mascaras all my life. I have not ever switched this. And my favorite mascara right now is Benefit from Bad Gal Bang. Oh, That's did. probably it's the so juiciest good. one. And these ones are like telescopic from L'Oreal. It's just like an oldie, but a goodie. And what kind uh, of skincare?
1: Are you normal combination dry? Do you use skincare? Pregnant. <laughs> That's my
0: skincare right now, girl. I'm riding that wave still. And I'm breastfeeding, so. Your skin looks amazing. I mean, you guys can see her, but. I had adult acne my whole life. Nothing cured it, but pregnancy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to have another baby, I guess. We just talked about that. That
1: happened to me. I had cystic. And, you know, once I had kids, I traded it for hyperpigmentation and melasma, but I didn't have acne anymore. Okay. Rapid fire, Shan. We always. This was already do this. rapid. We're going faster. We're going faster. What is your best beauty advice? Masturbate. Okay. What's one product you buy over and over?
0: Smashbox eyelash primer.
1: What annoys you?
0: Ooh, slow walkers.
1: I like it. Morning, noon, or night?
0: Is this for sex or just life?
1: Just, I mean, it can be for sex and for life. If for
0: sex, it's noon. Ooh.
1: Noon.
0: For life, it's night. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Now, play with my baby. I like purposefully when I used to be on my phone, but now I have to breast pump in the night. So I'll wake up and I'll breast pump and I purposely leave my phone out on, at that breast pumping session. I think I know this, but leader or follower. A little bit of both. I'm dominant and submissive. You just tell me I'm averse, honey. Oh, I like that. <laughs> if you could talk in your sleep, what would you say? Oh my goodness. I think I'd repeat whatever it is I learned that day so i have better retention. What's the last thing you liked on social media? Oh, actually, let me think about this. There's something I watched this morning that was really funny. Okay, I watched a comic, like a small comedy special about you can't tell everyone you got the vaccine. And <laughs> the guy was basically saying that he told his friend he got this vaccine and his friend was like, they're trying to copy your DNA. And he was like, why would the government want to pay for two of you? Like you're on social (laughs) assistance. They're good. So that was the last thing I liked. What is your go-to cocktail? I don't drink. So a little bit of Coke and ice. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yes.
1: We always end with this. If you could tell your 10-year-old self something to Shan... You could go back to your 10 year old self and you could tell yourself something, what would it be? What advice would you give yourself?
0: 10 years old? Man, I'd probably tell myself that your instincts are good, but you just need a little bit of help to refine them. I think that I was so headstrong back then that I ended up putting myself through a lot of extra drama just by not accepting the guidance of elders and authority figures. So, your instincts are good, but you know, help is great. Tell uh,
1: everybody where they can find you because you're amazing. You guys got to get her books, lay the game of desire. She's. incredible. You're incredible.
0: And you exude, you know, you're my favorite home shopping channel representative. So you just did it for me. No, but I (laughs) I love, you
1: you know, we, we actually research our guests and think a lot and take a lot of time and preparation. It's not like we just come and sit down and it's so interesting to, to get to know you and what you think and how you think and the advice that you give people. Like I said, I was kind of Born not talking about sex and not really feeling comfortable talking about sex, so I loved reading about you and and how you came about. And I mean, you have four hundred and sixty three thousand followers, Shan, and that's real. No, that's real. And uh, we love you, and we love that you can talk sex and relationships and just really be honest and open and. This has been great. It's I mean, been awesome. I'm going to. I'm going to and We're going to. I'm a going hotel. home to see my husband. We're so, going home this year, you husband and our babies. You know, we're, we're going to be snap. sexy. We're going to be sexy. I I'll, well, you know, probably not when I land, but you know, right. <laughs> you don't know.
0: Get some time, okay. Get yeah, some wipes. Get, refresh get, yourself. Yeah, exactly. But and, yeah, this was awesome, and we need to have a part two. You guys dish and tell stories. All right. We will was not we enough will. reciprocal mutual okay. sharing. I mean, All right. We, we, will. we will. you know
1: what? We will have a part two. My husband was very nervous about me talking to a sexologist. He was like, What are you gonna tell her? I'm like, Don't worry am- about it. Don't worry about it. And I was like,
0: I'm not yeah, I need it. to hear more. We will, we will I, we'll I, share, we will, we will share about. more. This, this was a sex session where I gave a lot and didn't receive in return. Uh, so. we will we Just will know, reciprocate. I'm satisfied. But I, I want to hear all the extra jokes. <laughs> we love that so, that you're reciprocate. satisfied.
1: I love that you're satisfied. I, maybe you didn't orgasm, but at least you're somewhat satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, good. All right, you guys. Thank well, you, We'll Shen. have you come again? See the fun yes. I did there? Come oh, again. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Okay, there we go. There uh, right. we go. There By the way, go. I'm from Toronto too, just so you know. What? I know. We I-
0: waited till the end <laughs> to have this moment. We're both wearing a similar kind I know, of vibe of shirt. I know. Listen. I know. I
1: know. I grew up in the T-dot, girl. t T-dot. T-dot. We out here. I know. T dot grew up there. My dad is still there. I haven't seen him in a year and a half.
0: So I haven't also been back home in a year and a half as well too. We have moments to share. We this have a lot. Awesome. This is
1: this is part, part two. Is part coming, one coming. Part again. two is coming.
0: Thank so you guys. Thank you thank so you, much, listeners. We thank had you. the best time. You're oh, awesome. Thank, thank you so much,
1: Dan. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emma Gormally. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Deer Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Deer Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun.